AI, all it really means is that the computer is able to make a really good prediction about something. We look at a block of text and we can predict whether it's sales related or not. We look at a phone call conversation, we predict what the right next steps would be. It's not intelligence in the same way that we think about Arnold Schwarzenegger walking down the street, blowing people away. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. I really don't know the best way to introduce you to the topic today, because as you'll know, I'm a huge fan of technology and leveraging technology for sales and marketing. And the guest that I just uh, I just spoke to in this episode that you're going to hear shortly absolutely blew my mind. It's not very often that I pause uh, because I, I'm not sure what the next question uh, should be, but I was just taken back and overwhelmed. I can't imagine, you know, what our sales and marketing world is going to look like using his technology when I say, hey, Siri, which sales prospect should I call today? And Siri's uh, using uh, using his software sorts out uh, the most likely prospect that's closest to uh, buying my product or service and sends me their name and phone number to follow up. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about sales and marketing. And my guest that I've got in studio to do this, uh, his name is Adam Honig, and he is the founder of a company called Spiro. It's Spiro's Technology. It's a CRM company that's focused on breathing new life into sales technology to help salespeople like you and I reach new heights. So Adam has worked in the tech space for over 25 years, building companies that uh, have delivered enterprise software solutions, as well as delivering and developing award-winning teams across the globe. So Adam's uh, is a founder of Spiro and he developed tech solutions for over 300,000 salespeople in the last 10 years. So he's learned some really invaluable lessons throughout his career. And today on this episode, he's going to share some of his expertise on how you and I can use artificial intelligence and a new software uh, platform. It's new, actually, it's been out for about four years to help us move the sales dial in a big way, but in an easy to use application. So I'd like to welcome Adam to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast. Well, welcome to the podcast, Adam. I am super stoked to talk to you because I love sales and I love sales and marketing. And uh, you apparently, in terms of looking at your background and what you're doing, have a new solution that you're going to share with us today. Thanks, Doug. Yeah, and I'm super excited to be here too. Nothing, nothing like going really fast that gets me excited. So thank you for having me on. Well, and I'm not sure how new your solution is, but I mean, it's 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 new to me. And you guys have a pretty big value proposition that you that you make right up front, which is a pretty bold statement. So, do you just want to share a little bit of background on how that all came about? Sure. My company's name is Spiro, and you know our website's Spiro.ai because we're all about the artificial intelligence, of course. But you know, in in our domain which is CRM, what that really means is that we're trying to use AI so that people never actually have to use CRM. Because the vast majority of, of salespeople in the world 
I mean, let's be honest, they hate CRM. I, I was presenting at a conference and I, a sales conference, and I asked a bunch of salespeople to raise their hands if they like CRM. And one guy threw something at me. I mean, it's it's just bad out there. <laughs> and so, our, yeah, so our, our vision is, well, you know, what if there is a CRM that nobody actually had to use? You know, it, it basically works in the background to watch, you know, your email conversations, listens to your phone calls, creates contacts, updates opportunities, puts deals in the right stage in the pipeline for you so that all you're really doing is selling, you know, and leadership and marketing get all of the data that they want out of the CRM because that's really what it's there for. And, you know, you can go ahead and, and work with customers. I mean, that's the dream. And that's that's really what Spiro is all about. And so, right, I think what you're alluding to, Doug, is right on our website, we have a uh, 100% CRM adoption guarantee. And this is uh, sort of our stake in the ground of saying that, hey, listen, uh, you know, we, the, the founders of this company are all CRM industry veterans. We know the, the big Achilles heel of CRM is that, frankly, nobody uses it. So how do we get around that? First of all, we're going to guarantee that it's going to happen. And then we're going to make the software so smart that it doesn't have to be used. So that's, that's kind of the idea behind Spiro. Well, that almost sounds too good to be true. I'm not going to name names, but I've used several different CRM systems and my clients use a variety of them. And I've, you know, easy has never been in my conversation when I'm talking about CRM. It's always a hassle to get people to use it, to data enter, to get the right data in, to, to integrate with your existing tools. So can you walk us through maybe a, a case study of somebody that you help them to solve this, uh, this pain point? Sure. So we, uh, we, we focus on companies that sell B2B. And so our customers are selling a wide range of products and services, but always to businesses. And so we have a, uh, a large customer who is in the uh, cardboard box business. And I, I know that doesn't sound very sexy, but, uh, but this company provides all of the cardboard boxes for uh, major cereal brands and you know Amazon and all kinds of people like that. So it's a big business. And when we started working with them, they, their 50-person sales team was basically tracking everything that they were doing, all of their you know, deals on a big, complicated Excel spreadsheet. And, you know, 50-person sales team running everything on Excel, is that's pretty tricky. And so I, I wow. said to yeah. the, the head of sales, I said, hey, you know, what, how is this possible? You know, why aren't you guys using CRM? And he said, you know... I've seen CRM, <laughs> like sort of implying <laughs> that this was like, I was just crazy town for like even suggesting it to him. And, you know, honestly, oh, this funny. is sort of the attitude of a lot of people. And so we said, well, we, you know, our pitch is pretty straightforward. It's like, well, okay, no, I understand. But what if there is a CRM that the team didn't need to use? And that really got his attention. And we started to show him how this would work. And, uh, you know, basically that this, this company, you know, is doing a lot of uh, outbound prospecting and, and meeting with people who need cardboard boxes, which turns out to be a lot of different companies. And, you know, Spiro, because of, of its nature, is just starting to automatically catalog all of those interactions. It's, it learns, you know, who the important contacts are at a company based upon how the outreach is going. And then it starts making recommendations in, in the gaps, you know, so if, if, you know, let's just say, you know, Procter & Gamble is one of the accounts that we're targeting and, you know, we, we've neglected to follow up with them in a certain period of time, Spiro is going to proactively remind people to do that. And, and one of the features that it has is kind of what we call a self-writing to-do list of everything that the salesperson needs to do based upon these gaps. And uh, what we learned by working with this particular client is that, you know, because we were removing all of this 
data entry work that that they needed to do, plus making these recommendations, they were literally able to speak to 30% more prospects during the week. Wow. Now, I, I always say this, you know, when I say that, because speaking to more prospects does not mean that sales are going to go up. <laughs> you know, you know, I'd like to tell you that it would. There's a lot of factors <laughs> involved in that. But Doug, what I can guarantee you is that if you didn't speak to prospects, sales would go down. Right. So there's sure. some sort of relationship in there. I, I don't know what it is, but our mission is, you know, hey, can we get you more at bats? Can we put you in touch with more people? You know, and you have to take it from there. Well, I think that, you know, the, the saying that I'd heard is um, our pastor once said, uh, if you're not bringing your wife roses, somebody will. Yeah, that's a really good example. Exactly. So if you're not talking to your client, even though you may not uh, be getting a sale when you talk to them, you might identify a problem they have early on and be able to resolve that be before it becomes an issue. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, a lot of people are focused on today is, you know, there, there's so many distractions in today's world. You know, you get so many alerts and emails and news articles and Twitter and who, who the heck knows what, right? And then, you know, can you really have time to focus and think about what's super important, right? And that's, that's one of the things that Spiro helps you with because it's constantly looking at the data to say, where are these gaps of things that you need to do? You know, and so it's not taking away from a, a salesperson's acumen or the marketing team's lead scoring or anything like that, but it's another input to help you get really focused on the things that matter. Well, and I think on the other side, just to take a opposing view to that is that lots of times I find clients are spending time doing things in the name of sales and marketing. So they might be data entering into their CRM. They might be looking through their lead funnel. They might be spending hours and hours in there because they can say, hey, this is what I'm doing for sales and marketing when they really should be, like you said, talking to the customers. So that also eliminates that from the people who like to have all the tasks on the desk and puts them back in front of the prospect. Absolutely. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm sort of a old school guy, I guess, you know, I really believe in the power of conversation and engaging with people and, and talking with them. And I think that there's a, a lot of resistance to, uh, you know, especially for newer salespeople about picking up the phone and, and talking to somebody instead of texting or emailing and whatnot. And I think that solutions like Spiro that remind you about these things can be a, a very good way for sales leaders to help encourage their teams in that direction. Well, I mean, AI is, is you know, all over the place right now. I mean, I was at an email marketing conference at the time about using AI in, in, in that, and they're using it for content. We're using it now for generating ads and to see who's responding. So how does it specifically apply to, to your technology? Because, you know, I spend a lot of time online every day and, you know, I spend a lot of time looking for solutions for my clients' problems. So this is a brand new topic to me. So it may also be a brand new topic to our listeners that there's technology that can assist you in this way. Yeah. So, so AI, of course, is a, a very general term that can mean a lot of different things. We use uh, two very specific components of AI technology. One is called uh, natural language processing. And what this is basically computer algorithms that recognize and learn from the, the language, the literal text of emails that people are sending and the, the words that are literally said in phone conversations between salespeople and prospects. And we, we use that data, the language data itself, to form a view of the salesperson's sales process and to also create data within Spiro. 
So, for example, if I'm emailing uh, Miranda at staples.com and it seems like I'm pitching her, asking for a meeting or following up on a proposal or some sort of sales related language in that, Spiro is going to recognize that and it's going to take action based upon that. It might create a contact. It might associate an email with a company. If Staples is already in my pipeline and this is a new contact, it's going to, boom, go ahead and add them in. It's going to start looking for their phone numbers in the the body of that email. If I say on a phone call, hey, uh, Doug, I'm going to follow up with you next week or I'm going to give you the quote or whatever, Spiro is going to recognize that and, and know that that's something that it needs to remind you of. So this AI technology is very powerful because from a technology standpoint, in the past, we, we basically have to write thousands and thousands of individual rules to look for this kind of context. But now using natural language processing, the AI learns what the relationships are between those words to do it without us having to explicitly tell it. That got a little technical in there, but does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. Because I'm thinking of the the typical process. So if we go to today's CRM, I'm going to have a conversation with you. And then when I'm done my conversation, I'm going to go in, I'm going to make some notes about what we talked about. Hey, talked to Adam today. We talked about this, this and this. Uh, got an update on some stuff that's happening with his family or a trip that he's going on or a favorite restaurant he likes. I got an action item. I need to call him back in you know 30 days. So then I have to go in and tick a box to do a follow up action. So it's really dependent on me spending a lot of time with my hands on the keyboard. And in today's mobile world, my keyboard now is my phone. And so I don't want to type all that stuff on my phone. Right, right. So imagine you didn't have to. Imagine at the end of the call, Spiro would just say to you, hey, I think that went pretty well. Is that right? And you'd say yes. And it already had the transcription of your conversation. It already knew what the next steps were. And then it could say to you, oh, great call with Adam. Now call Joe because he really needs a call. And, you know, as a person who gets paid upon the success of their actions, you know, you want to just keep taking more actions and not typing in that data. So that's that's kind of what it's about. I'm almost a bit afraid about the technology. If my wife knew this existed, I mean, I would have no excuse for the things that I'm not doing. Well, thankfully, uh, you know, we don't license it to your wife. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> it's just, just, be, it's just be to be. <laughs> well, well, if so you think about it, so, so I, I'm a really big baseball fan, Doug. And, uh, you know, I always think about sales in the context of baseball. And one of the great things about working in, in sales technology is, is knowing that salespeople, and I'm a salesperson, we, we tend to do same, the same things over and over again. You know, just like a baseball player, they can really only have three outcomes when they step up to the bat. A salesperson, you know, getting off a sales call, you know, there's a limited set of things that happen. And so we know what those are and we learn uh, from the language wh which one is most likely over time. But in your scenario with your wife, I mean, what you're doing in your life in general is much, much broader. And so designing AI to kind of capture a, a wide range of different options and things you could be doing is way harder than what we're up to. Sure. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Now, d does the technology then learn based on the team? So the example you gave with the box company, they've got 50 staff. And so while the company probably got some processes in place in terms of how people conduct themselves, each person is going to be individual. 
Yes. So, so the model, um, so, so we train Spiro j- just so that you know, on 15,000 salespeople of all different kinds, uh, for free for a year, we were setting it up. And that's, that's one of the things about AI that you really need to do. You need to train it with data. And, and so Spiro has a default, uh, view of things right off the bat. So every new person who comes on kind of starts with a default view and then it learns about their particular sales process and their team's sales process. So somebody who's sales cycle takes, you know, two weeks is going to get a different experience with, with Spiro than somebody whose sales cycle takes six months. Uh, you know, somebody who's dealing with lots of small transactions is going to have a different experience than somebody who's selling a few big deals. And so it, it, it notices those things over time and it just gets stronger and stronger in terms of what it recommends. Wow. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I'm listening to this. I'm thinking, I can't believe this is this actually exists in the marketplace. This has got to be just an answer to a starving crowd. Well, you know, it's uh, we've grown very rapidly. So I think that there must be some resonance with, with people in the market. But I, I, I do want to say that, like I mentioned, I've been working in CRM for about 20 years and we started Spiro about four years ago. And I think we were very fortunate to start the company at a time where all of this AI technology was just coming together. You know, timing is, is so much of the, the name of the game. And so we were able to build in the AI right from the ground up with the product. And I think that's given us a big advantage over companies that kind of want to layer it on after the fact. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. I was, I was thinking of some of the big brands, you know, that we've uh, we've engaged with in the past and how difficult it would be to now refit your software, your CRM solution with AI, with all the legacy data and hardware that you're currently using to run it. Right. And not to mention like, like, I mean, Salesforce, they're a great company. They, they have a great product, but you know, we, we've tried working with Spiro connected to Salesforce and companies, they, they customize the heck out of it so much that it's very hard to get AI to really understand what's going on within those organizations. And then, you know, when companies spend all that time customizing it, then they also, you know, frankly, they actually tend to make it harder for their salespeople to use it too. So it's sort of funny that way. So can we just dive in just a different direction? I was, I was kind of looking at your uh, your one sheet and your background, and I'm curious to get your feedback on the top eight reasons why no one's buying from you. Wow. Well, that's definitely a, a big topic. I mean, I, I believe that, you know, that there's many reasons. I mean, people will take any excuse not to buy from you, right? And, you know, I'd say that, you know, in, in no particular order, really trying to have a genuine relationship and understanding of what somebody is about is definitely a big point of failure for a lot of salespeople. So if people feel like they should be talking about the product or kind of pushing something instead of listening, that's that's very key. You know, the other thing that's super related to that is timing. And, you know, people people are going to buy most of the time within their time frame and i feel like a lot of salespeople want people to buy on their time frame and so the, sure. the tactics that they're taking can really turn buyers off and i see this a lot in our uh, you know our working with salespeople is you know trying to get encourage them to get inside of the buyer's head instead of you know kind of what's my need this is my month my quota my quarter and stuff like that going on. So I'd say those are the probably the most present ones for me at this moment. So how does your software solution address that issue? Well, so I'd say that it doesn't 
directly address it so much, but you know the the concept that we were talking about before about giving you more at bats, if you will, right? Sure. The ability to have more conversations, the ability to widen your pipeline so that you're dealing with a wider set of buyers means that you know you don't have to be so concerned about that one buyer's timings because it should even out more as you have a wider pipeline. So that's the way I would encourage people to take a look at it instead of just being so single focused on that one buyer that you need to make your quarter. Well, and what I was thinking of is because AI is doing the heavy lifting, it's really difficult for me to maintain a relationship, you know, with say more than a hundred people, even that's going to be difficult, but with AI, it's going to help identify where people are and based on the conversations and follow up, um, maybe indicate what their timing's like. Absolutely. And, you know, I think we've all had this issue that like you're walking down the street one day and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot to call Joe. And you're like, just like, it's suddenly remembering that. Right. And like, you know, it's, it's imagine if you were able to avoid all of those moments, you know, because the AI is helping you remember that and putting you in the right place at the right time. So how does your solution, how does it, how does Spiro in, you know, um, work with me? So if I'm using your, your tool and I've got, I've got it, uh, my iPhone or my Android, how do these alerts show up and how does this interaction happen? Well, there, there's a couple of different ways. Uh, so Spiro can certainly give you push alerts about actions that you need to take. Also, uh, within the app itself, there's a, what, this self-writing to-do list, which is literally a log of, of everybody that Spiro thinks that you need to follow up with. And the use case for that often for, for field-based sales reps is that they have an hour maybe before a meeting or something like that. They can open up Spiro. They can get their top people that they need to follow up with and boom, 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 make a whole bunch of calls and, and just be super productive before their next meeting. The other thing that Spiro does, Doug, which is really cool, is it will also enable an email, you to have an email conversation with it. So you can literally email Spiro and say, you know, who should I follow up with next? And it'll give you some person's name and phone number and a little bit of context. And then you can have an email conversation with Spiro about your deals, about your pipeline. You know, if you're a sales manager, you can ask it things like, hey, what did Doug do last week, you know, and, and kind of get an update on it. So it, we, we've enabled sort of like a chat kind of functionality with Spiro over email to make it super easy for you to get information and know what you should be doing. Wow, that's crazy. I can't imagine not having to log into an app and go and go dig all that stuff out the hard way. I know. And we're going we're gonna to be supporting Siri and uh, Google Assistant in the current quarter. So I'm super excited about that as well. So you can basically just say, you know, hey, Siri, uh, I just met with Doug. You know, I, I think the deal is going to happen. Add a note. Boom. And it'll do it for you. Uh, or you could say, you know, just ask Spiri, you know, hey, what's going on with uh, Staples? And it'll give you the update on the account or whatever. So, yeah, that's, that's this is all real. This is not science fiction. This will be happening in the next couple of months. Wow. So how long have you guys been in business? Tell us the background of the company. Yeah, sure. So we, we've, we've been in business about four years at this point. You know, we, we've raised about uh, $5.5 million. Uh, almost all we've in, what is what we've invested in building the technology. The, the, we started the business really because I went and saw a movie. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Her at all. It's uh, so so Joaquin Phoenix in in the future downloads a new version of his phone software, which is played by the voice of Scarlett Johansson. She doesn't appear in the movie. Just her voice is enough to make Joaquin Phoenix fall in love with her. 
And in the way that the Scarlett Johansson software works is it kind of reads what's going on in his life and gives him advice and helps him out. And, and I'm watching this movie, Doug, and I'm thinking to myself, salespeople don't need Salesforce. They need Scarlett Johansson telling them what to do all day. And that's really where the inspiration for the, the, the business came from. And I, I started and sold a couple of other ventures and I called up my, my co-founder. I'm like, Andy, Andy, we're going to build Scarlett Johansson for Salesforce. And he was totally <laughs> confused. Now, Scarlett was having a baby at the time, so she couldn't really be involved with the project and stuff like that. But we, we went ahead without her anyway. And that's, that's really how we got our start. So looking at the um, kind of from a typical CRM, just because of my ignorance in terms of using your platform at this point, you know, I remember reading, you said you're an old school guy, so you may remember Harvey McKay's book and then his list of McKay 66, where his idea was to get people to gather a sufficient information on their prospects so they could have a conversation that wasn't always around buying my stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How much, are there any restrictions if I want to compare what your solution is to all the other CRMs or how much data I can store in terms of fields and tagging and all the traditional uh, stuff, social media accounts? Yeah, so it's a really good question. So no, there's no there's no restrictions within the product about that. You can store an unlimited number of contacts and unlimited amount of data. Frankly, it's it's so cheap to provide data storage. I don't know why anybody charges that way. So that's a really <laughs> weird thing for me. But no, it's completely unlimited. Now I do want to say that uh, from a you know you can customize Spiro, you can add fields, you can do all kinds of interesting stuff with it. But I I do caution people that, and I I think. I think this is especially important for the marketeers who are listening in because what I've seen with CRM is often the more data we try to collect by adding additional fields and stuff like that, we actually wind up with less. And so we always encourage our clients to go very, very light okay. in terms of the customization of the product. Put as much data in as you can, but try to restrict the number of fields. Right. But I, I'm thinking more like I'm traveling, I'm traveling to Boston and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to send an email to Spiro saying, Hey, who are all the Red Sox fans in Boston? They're playing. I want to, I want to hook up and go to a game. Yep. Yep. No, that you can certainly do that within Spiro. There's, there's no limitations. I mean, the, the technology to ask it questions on email is progressing very rapidly. We have about 54 different things that you can do today. We're adding a dozen or so every month. That particular one, asking it about Red Sox fans in Boston, I don't think that's going to work, <laughs> but, but you can go and log. I mean, Spiro does have a user interface. You can log in, you can set up an explicit list saying of the, you know, the people who live in Boston. Austin, I want to send an email or do a calling campaign to them or something like that. So that's all certainly possible. So I can still go log in physically and and have access to that data like I like I do today with the other CRM systems. A- absolutely, yes. You you can still log in and use it just like a regular you know piece of business software like like you can with other platforms. I, I'd say that we designed it to be super easy to use to not give users many options uh, when they're working with the software, and I think that's part of the trick of adoption as well to give people kind of a single path through the application. But yes, ab- absolutely. So, you know, you brought up the the point adoption. So if I'm going to log in and sign up today for an account, how long is it going to take me to be actually up and running and using it? 
So we're onboarding teams of users on Spiro anywhere from a couple of days to a month or so. And typically, uh, when a new client starts using Spiro, we we do all of the setup, the data migration, whether it's from Salesforce or HubSpot or from Excel spreadsheets. We we do all of the work to get our customers set up, including customizing the software, creating the reports that they need, and so on. So you know the elapsed time from two days to a month is is the range that we look at. So, you know, based on, you know, kind of how you're leading this industry into the AI space, what what are you most excited about in the next 6 to 12 months? Wow, there's so much stuff out there. I mean, I I'm super excited about the voice interface that we were talking about. I mean, I I love using products like Siri and Alexa and stuff like that and it, it kind of makes my business partner kind of look at me funny when I'm talking to my <laughs> myself a little bit. But but I really yeah. feel like that's the future for a lot of these things. And I feel like the voice interface is just so natural for people that I think we're going to see a lot of that. The, the other thing that I'm super excited about, so we're doing this other AI project within Spiro, which is going to be nat- what, what's called natural language generation. So I don't know if you're aware of this, but if you read the box scores for basketball games or baseball games or anything like that, most of the like the summary of what happened to the game is written by a computer now. It's using AI to write a lot of those score summaries. I had no idea. Yeah, and, and so we want to use that same approach to kind of activity timelines. So if you log into Spiro or any kind of CRM, you might see a long list of things that happened related to some account. And you have to like digest that information to figure out what it means. Well, what if instead it just kind of gave you the summary so that you could quickly be like, oh, great, I know what's going on without having to like search through all these different emails. So that's that's another thing that we're working on to allow Spiro to write stuff itself. And that's going to be super cool. Yeah, I'm just thinking of the time saving to and the ability to to increase your, your funnel size and the number of people you're talking to, because now you've got some intelligence in terms of the computer doing the, the work and not the individual trying to process it all yourself. Right, right. And and not to mention, it's also very taxing to do that kind of work, you know. And so, you know, like like there's a lot of people who will only schedule surgeries, you know, in the morning. Right. And I, I always think about that in related to sales. Like if you have a sales call in the afternoon, are you going to do a worse job? Because your brain is just bogged down by everything that you had to do to that point. So if we can like reduce the mental tax on you as part of this, are we are we going to see an improvement in performance? I don't know, but I think it'd be really interesting to see. Yeah, I think so. I mean, one of the things that I had to learn was, you know, and and admit to was what my most productive times of day are and say, okay, I need to put my most important tasks there. So all my outbound sales stuff needs to be there. And then if people are going to sell me and pitch me, um, I honestly, I do that in the afternoon. So, you know, it's, it's after three o'clock because I'm not necessarily at my sharpest. So I'm in a listening mode, not a, not a, you know, not as engaged. Right, right. Now, it's not something we're working on right now, but it would be super cool if Spiro was able to figure that out as well, right? Like we looked at the results of your morning sales calls and we saw they were better than your afternoon sales calls and we could start <laughs> nudging you to make more, you know, outbound calls then or something. I think that's, you know, that's definitely within the range of possible too. Well, I mean, if you're collecting the data, absolutely that stuff's possible. That's just mind-blowing. Yeah, so what's some of the bad advice that you hear around the AI space uh, adoption, like moving into new technology? So you're out at a conference and you overhear somebody speaking and you kind of go like, oh, I hate when people say that. Well, I, I, you know, one of my pet peeves is really people who get worried about like AI taking over the world. Like, you know, everybody's seen the Terminator 
you know, so there are some people who believe that what we're doing is is going to be threatening to human life. And I, I just I feel very skeptical of that, I have to say. And and for a number of reasons, one is, you know, AI, all it really means is that the computer is able to make a really good prediction about something. We look at a block of text and we can predict whether it's sales related or not. We look at a phone call conversation, we predict what the right next steps would be. It's not intelligence in the same way that we think about Arnold Schwarzenegger walking down the street, blowing people away. So, so there's that. And, and there's also just this misconception, I think, that AI can basically do everything. Like we were talking about a little bit earlier in, in terms of like, you know, getting you to follow up better with the activities your wife want to do. So it's like it's, it's not a general purpose tool like that at all. It has to be very context specific. You know, and, uh, you know, so maybe there'll be, you know, self-aware robots in the future. But I, even if that's the case, I think it's going to be a really long way from now. So in terms of opportunity for our listeners that are hearing this, what what would kind of be next steps for them to investigate to say, hey, you know, should I get out of my Google Sheets or my Excel spreadsheet or should I move from, you know, in fill in the blank X CRM system that I'm currently using? Yeah, so we so certainly people can visit uh, the Spiro.ai website, and we've put up a, a special page, you know, for listeners of, of your podcast at Spiro.ai RMRF, which of course stands for Real Marketing Real Fast. So Spiro.ai slash RMRF, and you know what was pretty typical, you know, for folks is to uh, look at a video of the product or or sign up for a demo and see if it might be a good fit for their organization. Uh, we've also put up some some popular content that we have on that page. We, we publish an ebook, which is, is very, very popular called the 44 best sales tips of all time. I don't know why it wasn't 45, but 44 <laughs> felt like the right number to us. And, you know, this is sort of a compilation of some of our most popular blog posts over the years that we've developed that, that have gotten a lot of great reviews from folks. So you can definitely check that out or, you know, learn a little bit more about Spiro while you're there. And are there any resources you'd recommend in terms of people that are looking to adopt, you know, your technology? I mean, does it integrate with other other software that they're currently using? So if I'm using Slack and I'm using Google Suites or I'm using Outlook, is that sort of documentation available as well for them to to look? Yeah, every so we have a lot of information about that on our website. I mean, Spiro integrates with everything that you just mentioned uh, and more. Uh, you know, so we, we have customers who integrate uh, Spiro with ERP software like NetSuite or SAP. Uh, we, we integrate with practically every bit of marketing software out there from uh, MailChimp to HubSpot to Infusionsoft to Pardo, you know, all of these different platforms that are out there. Yeah, so we have a lot of information about that on the website. Uh, and we also have a lot of like guides as well. You know, if you're in a construction industry or manufacturing industry, how to get the most out of CRM, you can find all of that on our website as well. Yeah, your website's pretty thorough. I, I had a chance to go through your website and look at the, the case studies and the industries that you're in. And I was really surprised at how diverse um, your offering was with the studies that you've shared. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. I mean, as as long as you're selling, you know, in a B two B context, and you have a sales cycle, I mean, that's those are the criteria that we really need to make the product work. You know, so if if you know, if you're selling, you know, pharmaceutical sales or something like that, probably not a good fit. But if you're selling a product or a service and you've got a sales cycle to businesses, it's gonna it's gonna work well. 
Well, that's really cool. Thanks. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day today. I was super excited to to, to learn more about this. I'm just, um, I don't know, listeners, what thoughts you have. I'd be interested to get your feedback, but I'm amazed that um, our technology in the world is advanced to this level that, you know, the solution that you guys are offering to to small business and businesses uh, large and far. Yeah, no, it's it's really exciting. I feel like really, uh, you know, so happy to be part of it, uh, that delivering a solution that people really love. So, and I really appreciate also you're bringing me onto the podcast. So thank you very much for that, Doug. So a couple of questions and I'll let you go. Uh, one question is, who's one guest do you think I absolutely have to have on my podcast? So I, I don't know if you know uh, my friend uh, Christopher Lockhead at all. Uh, Chris and I uh, go back uh, many years. He's the author of uh, a number of different books in the marketing space, Play Bigger, as well as Niche Down. Do you know Chris? Just read Niche Down. We're talking about Christopher and a mastermind I'm in with uh, Tom Schwab and, and Jamie, who does Christopher's podcast. So great recommendation. Yeah, Chris is just like anytime when I'm feeling like I need some inspiration, Chris is like the perfect guy for that. He's just such a bundle of energy and of all times. Now, what is the best social platform to connect with you on? You know, I'm a big Twitter fan. Uh, so my, my Twitter uh, handle is Adam Honig, you know, all one word, of course, A-D-A-M-H-O-N-I-G. And, uh, you know, we, we definitely engage with a lot of people on Twitter. I think it's a great open medium. I know we're connected, Doug. So feel free to, you know, connect with me there as well. Well, thanks again. So listeners, I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I am super inspired and I look forward to going to Adam's site to Spiro and getting signed up for a demo to see uh, how I can use this for myself and my clients that encourage you to do the same thing. We'll make sure that any of the information that Adam shared that has a website or social media account attached to it will have transcribed in the show notes and we'll get those posted when uh, the episode is live. So thanks again for listening in and look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.